0: Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 144 the review for Morbius Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen of the North, South, East, and West, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm your host, the Hyperzone 55, and I'm glad you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And here we are, review time again, and we are going to be talking about the latest film in Sony's attempt to try and keep the Spider-Man extended universe alive with Morbius. Now, I'm not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen, when I heard this film announced, I was just like, nah, mate, no thank you. The idea of seeing all of these solo Spider-Man based villains in their own separate movies has just never appealed to me just because, while yes, in certain cases with certain comics, if you have the right character, some of them have been able to spin off into their own separate uh, isolated comics away from Spider-Man and have their own little adventures. However, I feel like as an introduction to some of these characters, They are served best when they are the antagonist to the protagonist. And with Venom, when that first came around, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do. And they had Tom Hardy, but that film ended up being a big meh to me. Some decent moments here and there, but clearly it just didn't have the right writing, the right kind of story, and just felt very just... It was a very nothing movie to me, and Venom Let There Be Carnage, even though there were some interesting ideas in there, and it was kind of cool to see what they did with Woody Harrelson and bringing Carnage to live action for the first time. That film was so quick. It did not have enough time to marinate. Everything was just... Scene done, moving on, scene done, moving on. There wasn't enough time for character development, for like progression from point A to point B. And so much of like that story just felt like an afterthought. There was things that happened that had no resolution and certain things that was set up that, you know, really didn't need to be there. And that film was too damn short. And in this era of superhero films that tend to be on the long side, I appreciate the shorter runtime, but it was at the cost of substance. So with Morbius, uh, I mean, he's a cool character. I've never been like a crazy big fan. My introduction to him was via the animated uh, series of Spider-Man from the 90s. And I thought he was pretty cool. Um, And I've seen him in a couple like Spider-Man comics over the years. But again, he's never been like that uh, character where I was like, okay, I really want to see him in live action. However, I was curious enough to see what was going on. And the trailers that came out for this, I was just like, i'm not vibing with this at all i appreciate the sort of darker tone and the potential horror elements that they could implement but it just felt like there was nothing about it that felt compelling to me and i was almost going to give up on watching this film altogether because i just had no interest but after my uncle had seen it my friend had seen it and they're pretty big comic book fans i was like ah crap well i guess i'm gonna have to see it now And around the time of its release, that morbid curiosity in the back of my mind just said, "Uh, I know that this film is probably going to be bad. I've heard online that it's terrible. But then I'm curious to see what kind of pain I will endure if I watch this anyway. So I went to see it. And now I want to share my thoughts. So as per usual, we will talk about the story, characters, presentation, and the overall conclusion. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump in. So the plot for this film can be summed up as the following. The story revolves around Michael Morbius, a scientist who was born with a rare blood illness. So he dedicates his career to trying to find a cure, not only for himself, but also his childhood friend. And at one point, he dives into that unethical area that scientists tend to do by tampering with human DNA and bat DNA. And at one point, he seems to find a cure, so he tests it on himself. And while he does indeed get the ability to walk and have a normal life in quotation marks, it does come with a caveat of turning him into a Batman hybrid, so essentially a vampire, and his lust for blood gets the attention of the authorities and some other parties, and that is a way for me to summarize the plot without going into the area of spoilers. Now, I will admit, during the opening of this film and for about maybe the first 20 minutes, I was like, this film isn't nearly as bad as, you know, some people online were making it out to be i was intrigued the plot definitely had some familiar elements going on but i'm like it's executing it in a way that is pretty captivating it's not wasting too much time it's getting you into things and you have just enough of the modern plot and some backstories via flashback just to get context as to what's going on however as the film progresses what i started to notice was that this film wasn't really doing anything new or at least doing anything in a way that felt as engrossing as it could be there are a lot of elements that are presented but are just dropped and never talked about again and there is a certain level of depth that you want from your characters and from the story that this film just chooses not to provide while it is moving at a pretty brisk pace which is pretty fun for certain superhero films where they do tend to like you know do a lot of exposition and sometimes slow things to a crawl. In this case, there are a lot of occasions where you're just like, actually, I kind of want some more context of what's going on here. There are a lot of scenes and moments that really just need a little bit more time to marinate, but you don't get it. And then by the time the movie is over, you're just like, well, I guess we're here, but I wish there was more. I thought that, you know, tonally, it had some interesting ideas. There were certain points where it did feel like it was drawing on certain horror elements and was trying to instill a certain level of fear. And the atmosphere, on occasions, was there. But it was very sporadic. The humour in the movie was very light. It wasn't too bad. Not nearly as cringy as I would have thought. And, yeah, just this plot... The best way for me to describe this film is that it's very vanilla, it's very pedestrian. There isn't much more than what you've seen in other properties. And um, some people have described it as a B-movie, and I would definitely be inclined to agree. It has a very similar feeling to Venom, in the sense that if you are a fan of comic book films but not in that deep and gross kind of way like you know was it someone like me or people that are like you know familiar with the source material then you might get a kick out of it especially if you're a Jared Leto fan but for people who require just a bit more from their comic book material um, you know at least in terms of adaptations you might be disappointed because this film really is just it's just there it washes over you and you don't feel that need to go back to it And while I'm not asking for a story to reinvent the wheel, because, you know, when it comes to comics, everything has a certain flavor and also a certain structure that is borrowed or used. So I'm not asking for something new, but I'm just asking for something more engrossing, something more captivating than what I got here. And what we had was just just very plain. And um, while I won't go into spoilers about it, the... Post-credit scenes are some of the most bizarre material I've seen for a while that makes me question what the hell is going on over at Sony. They are interesting, but then you have to question the logic of it, and then when you really start to think about it, you can pick it apart and you're just like, how did we come to this conclusion? Why is this happening? And what does this mean for the future of this universe going ahead? Because. Just why? (laughs) Uh, I don't get it. It's really dumb. And, you know, after the film is over, you know, the initial, like, story, you're like, okay, this film is okay at best. But then you watch that post-credits scene, you're like, oh, mate, 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 we have to talk about this. This is problematic. This is bad. (laughs) Um, For those of you who have seen the film, you know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, questionable. Anyway, let's move on. All right, now it's time to talk about the characters. And to be honest, it was a little disappointing in this department. The only two people in this film that really matter is Michael Morbius and Milo, played by Jared Leto and Matt Smith. Jared Leto, he was okay. His character is a little one-note. Now, understandably, he is a man suffering from a rare disease. And obviously, his life is pretty depressing considering the nature of his illness. However, even after he starts to get his abilities he doesn't seem to switch it up in tone. He's still very monotone, still very dark and broody, and while he's good at getting aggressive on occasions, he just doesn't seem to change it up emotionally. And, you know, Leto is fine but I've seen him do much better. The real standout in this film is Matt Smith as Milo. He was great. I like how charismatic, how over the top he was. He was clearly having fun with the role. And at first, it was different for me to see him in a role where he wasn't as moody and villainous as he's been in some of the other films I've seen him in. But once he started to get into the groove and we get into the real meat of the story, he is so flamboyant, moving all over the place, clearly just having like you know the most amount of fun with the role and i was like yes this is the injection of fun that i really needed for this film and he honestly saved it from being like you know just really boring beyond those two characters everyone else is either insignificant or just didn't need to be there adriana ajona as martine bancroft she was okay but her character didn't really have as much depth as i would have liked And I don't feel like she had, like, great chemistry with Leto on screen. And Jared Harris as Dr. Nicholas, he was fine, but it was the kind of role that could have been played by anybody. But you could see that Harris injected just a little bit of that flavor that he has as an actor that helped the role stand out a little bit more than, you know, it would have been if it was someone else. But then you have Al Madrigal and Tyrese Gibson as the two FBI agents in this film they were completely pointless they served barely any purpose in this movie just to you know show up say some things and occasionally be around when some of the actions going down but you could take them out of the story and it would make no difference whatsoever though i will say shout out to my boy Corey johnson He's this character actor who I've noticed since I saw him in The Mummy in the 90s. And I've seen him show up in subsequent things here and there. And whenever he shows up in the movie, I'm just like, yo, it's my guy. And yeah, he was fun in this movie. Uh, Yeah, just shout-outs to him. All right, and now it's time to talk about the presentation. And honestly, it was okay, but it felt like more of a mixed bag than anything else. Visually, this film had some decent shots and some nice composition in certain areas, especially in some of the laboratory sections or there's one sequence in the hospital that messed around with lights which was pretty fun. But I would say the visual effects they fluctuated because on occasions Morbius he looked kinda cool, his echolocation you know effects looked pretty nice and at certain points some of the action looked pretty cool. However This film runs into an issue that a few superhero films have done beforehand, and it's the depiction of really fast motion in live action. When you have a character that is moving a lot quicker than the human eye can comprehend, there is a certain line you have to ride between being, you know, was it realistic within the live action world, but also trying to implement that sort of comic book edge. But sometimes it can look a little bit more cartoony than, you know, realistic, if that makes any sense. And some of those movements just looked a little silly to me. And the depiction of his flight had far too much visual effects going on. You've seen it from the trailers as well. When he flies around and does certain things, he has this weird sort of dusty particles that come off of him. It's almost like having Nightcrawler from the X-Men movies, except if he had a permanent amount of weird clouds emitting from him all the time. And I found it more distracting than anything else. It just felt like excessive additional visual effects for the sake of looking cool, but it just looked more distracting than anything else. I felt if they dialed it back a little bit, some of those action scenes and flying scenes would have looked a little cleaner and more comprehensible. I'm not saying it looks as messy as it gets with like something like you know the Michael Bay Transformers movies. However, I just felt like the visual effects during some of those action sequences were a lot busier than they needed to be So they could have dialed it back a bit and the action scenes do that annoying thing where a bunch of things is happening in real time But then they slow it down for a few seconds just to have someone punch something in slow motion or dodge something in slow motion I'm like, I thought we were past this but yeah, we end up with action scenes like that and I'm like "Uh, Okay Could we stop doing that and try to do something that's choreographed in a more interesting way? But, you know, I didn't make the movie, so I can't do anything about that. And then you have the film score, which was composed by John Erkstrand. At least I think that's how you say his last name. I've seen this guy's name come up in only one other film, and that was Life from 2017. And I thought that was pretty decent. But here... This film score just felt so run-of-the-mill. It didn't have anything unique about it that elevated it to a status where I'm like, okay, I'd want to listen to this outside of the film. But even in the context of the movie, it was just very bland. And there were certain moments where I felt like he was definitely emulating the sound that Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard did in the Dark Knight films. And I'm like, this sounds a little too much like Chris Nolan's Batman you did you copy the homework what's going on here but yeah the the film score not not too sexy all right now it's time to talk about the conclusion overall morbius isn't nearly as bad as i was expecting it to be especially from some of the online critics who made it out to be the next big worst movie in the superhero genre however i wouldn't say it was very good either i felt like the film was just very plain very middle of the road There were some decent ideas at the beginning and some of the action and the main performance from Matt Smith made the film more interesting and more tolerable, but overall, it's just an experience that will wash over you and in my case, I don't feel the need to watch it again. Would I recommend it? If you're a fan of Jared Leto, sure. If you want to see a comic book movie that's slightly different from the norm, sure. But there is much better material that you could be watching at this point in time. So, you know, make of that what you will. But now I pass it on to you, ladies and gentlemen. Have you seen Morbius? And if so, what do you think of it? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Do you hate it? Are you questioning the logic of the post credit scenes? Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter where I'm at Hyperson 55 or at FilmFocus55. Also, check out the podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. And, yeah, I'll be back with my next review in due course. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, take care, and I will see you later. This is the Hypersonic 55, signing out. Peace.